getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. On this episode, we're going to talk about the West Ham game away, the Prediction League, Chelsea coming up next weekend, Arsenal women's team, the Gunnar debate and much, much more. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Hello, boys. How are we? Um, we've got a, a mixed up lineup. Not a mixed up lineup. Apologies. We've mixed the lineup uh, today, and we've um, we've gone with Manny and Trev. How are we doing, boys? Trev, you okay? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Fergus. Very well indeed. We haven't spoken to you for a few weeks, have we? No, I haven't been about. Yeah. Okay. And um, Manny, I know that you're. Uh, in usual fettle and form always on form mate always on form it's always going to be painful for a few people out here though yeah mm-hmm. you've, you've got something to say haven't you i always have something to say but it's been a rough weekend i've had it both barrels from a lot of people and i'm pissed off bro okay okay and we're joined today by um tom sabell uh, tom is from the gulf coast schooners in tampa bay florida um, Tom, how are you? Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's a pleasure to have you on. Gentlemen, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, it's, uh, looking forward to it. We've been trying to uh, hook up and touch base for quite a few weeks and months now, but I'm glad we finally get a chance to, to talk about the, the, well, not a good game this weekend, but talk about our, our, our gunners. Listen, all we all we we talk about we talk about Arsenal Football Club, um, and whatever whatever goes on around it, we we just we just carry on regardless. Tom, I'll tell you what, tell us a little bit about yourself then. So you you run a Facebook group and uh, fans, um, uh, uh, Arsenal America affiliated fans group, uh, in Tampa Bay in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Um, we have a we got together back in 2010 uh jeff schultz uh in the area uh, got together with about probably 10 people that were arsenal supporters uh and uh, it grew from there steadily got up to about 50 people and now we're at about 525 30 worldwide but about 220 of them are in the tampa bay area uh we are affiliated uh, we we've spent uh, the last few years getting affiliated with arsenal america uh, so, uh, one, for a while there, our picture, one of our pictures from the, from McDinton's in South Tampa in what we call Soho, our version of Soho, it's on South Howard. Uh, we, uh, we were the picture that was on the Arsenal website when you were looking to see where you can watch games in the United States. So when you come to Tampa, uh, or the Tampa Bay area, that's why we go with the Gulf Coast schooners. Cause it's the whole area. We've got a lot of people around, uh, Clearwater, Tampa, St. Pete even into Orlando. Uh, and we, uh, we get a bunch of people together. Um, and we gather at McDenton's, uh, it's funny. McDenton's is unfortunately owned by a, a manure, um, a supporter. And, uh, mm. yeah, he, uh, but he's been, he's been pretty, uh, pretty, uh, open t- to us. Uh, we, there used to be, it used to be Manu, used to be Liverpool. And then Arsenal came in. We came in with the Gulf Coast Gooners, uh, and right about now, there's just maybe one or two Liverpool fans left. They've moved. We've run them out of the bar, so they're Dude. no longer in the pub. That's what we uh, like. No, yeah. no, no, no bin dippers in sight. No, we've gotten rid of them. Uh, unfortunately, this this weekend's gonna be a big game, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later because uh, there have been a few of the uh, 
Chelsea fans coming out of the woodwork uh, this year, and they've been trying to get a, a foothold in our in our at our pub, and they hadn't up until recently. So um, I may have been dropping some serious f bombs the last few weeks when they've been there. So uh, um, it could have been my alter ego, but I've been trying to be as civil as possible. But it's not very easy. But uh, we're hoping that we can get a big group because we usually get some pretty big groups for the big games. Um, average about 10, 20 people on regular so games. So you're, you're five hours behind us, so you're the same as Boston Ozil, aren't you? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. So you're having early early kickoffs and like 6 a.m. on the piss, basically? Yeah, there's, unfortunately, that's that's something that we do run into, especially this year. It's been kind of rough because sometimes we have those Sunday morning games, and uh, for you guys, it's middle of the day, but for us, it's Sunday morning, and if you know anything about the Bible Belt, uh, which is kind of where we're we're kind of situated on the edge of the Bible Belt here in uh, the United States, and we have these laws that uh, are really inconvenient. They don't allow us to drink. They don't serve. They don't allow them to serve alcohol at McDinton's or any pub in Tampa Bay in the Tampa area uh, before 11 a.m. Change your religion. uh, You know what? It's not even, it can't even do that because they'll still say no. They still don't let us drink. Uh, Or at least they don't let us serve. Let me put it that way. Because we may or may not, I cannot confirm nor deny the fact that we may have smuggled in some booze. Um, I've got this image of moonshine. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We have, uh, we have, there's a, quite a few flasks going around on Sunday mornings when they don't serve, and uh, we do still uh, partake and imbibe to be able to get uh, a good a good feeling on those Sunday mornings. Um, it's better than it used to be. It used to be 1 p.m. Uh, until we somehow were able to get the law changed to 11 a.m., and if we can find our, our hedonistic ways and our, our, our so, so you had the, you had the pain of watching the West Ham Arsenal game with no alcohol. Wow, that must well, have been very. Luckily, difficult. it was Saturday because Saturday we can get we can drink on Saturday mornings. Okay, Sunday mornings it's a no no. Tre- Trev, do you remember back in like in, in in the Crimean Wars time? Was was it was it like that back in the day? <laughs> Fergus, I'm going off you, my friend. I'm going off you. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Sunday opening hours in the UK used to. be used to be uh, midday till 2pm. 2 2.30, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I used to, when we first came to London, um, we ran pubs. And even pubs in the week used to close, didn't they? They did, 10.30 during the week, 11 o'clock no, it, on a Friday and Saturday. they used to close lunchtime, didn't they close at oh, ha- yeah. half two to half five or half three to half five or something? They like did, that. yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, uh, so Tom, having... might, Tom might be able to answer me a question. Uh, Tom, I arrive in New York uh, Next next uh, Friday, two and a half hours before kickoff, you're getting what's, a marigold up your ass, mate. You ain't getting to see the game. What's the, what, what's the chances? Of two and a half hours of me getting from JFK to the Blind Pig? Uh, pretty good. Uh, as long as you're not driving. If you oh, take no, a, take the train in, you should be able to get there. And uh, on 14th Street, uh, I I prefer O'Hanlon's, which is right next door to the Blind Pig, but. Um, O'Hanlon's Blind Pig, and there's another one I think they open for big games, which is the Windsor, but uh, it's not too bad to get there. Oh, good. Okay, thanks. Cheers. So hopefully that um, that keeps our Arsenal America fan base piling in. You've got loads of information about Arsenal America, but we're here in London. Um, Trev, you've got some of your trivia. What have we got um, Trev's trivia around, I assume it's around the West Ham game, is it? Well, no, I've gone for the Man United game, Fergus, to be honest. Not the Chelsea game? No, 
Oh, we've got Man United. Oh, I'm forgetting we've got Chelsea before we play Manchester United. Yeah, you're yes, just all talking yes, about a blind pig that sits in your head, isn't it? it Go on, it, anyway, give us your Man United right. stuff, because you're not going to be well, here anyway, are you? Oh, some Man United stuff. I mean, Arsenal, Manchester United have lost more times to Arsenal in the top division of football than any other team, which was interesting. But the first 10 games between the clubs, which were played between 1894 and 1899, were actually, neither of the clubs had their current names. It was... Newton Heath versus Woolwich Arsenal, which was interesting. And of those 10 games, the Arsenal, Woolwich Arsenal won four and drew three and only lost three. And, and the last one I've got, Fergus, is, is slightly FA Cup related in that uh, the record crowd for a youth FA Cup tie is between Manchester United and Arsenal. And it was played at the Emirates and the crowd was 38,187. Mm, yeah. was there. Yeah. Was yeah, really semi-final friend, yeah. first leg, wasn't it? Or it, something it like? It was, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there you go then. Sorry, it wasn't um, Chelsea, but uh, no, it's it's fine because the next thing on the agenda was actually just to to touch on, and you, you've 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 intro. It's like we it's like we practice this stuff, Trev. Um, intro that we have been drawn in the FA Cup fourth round, um, and we're playing on the Friday night. I think it's at five to eight on the Friday night, which will be good for Odintons because that'll be like a just finish work. Um, is it MacDintons or whatever? I don't know. I'm yeah, it's MacDintons. Yeah, I'm shit with names. You'll get to know that by now. Um, but that's on Friday night. And um, my wife, actually, is going to see her friend who's got a very ill husband. But she's going to spend the weekend with her friend to help her friend out uh, up in Norfolk. And uh, I'm home alone. So I'm out in the piss. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> good will come good. of that. No, not really. And, That's uh, unusual for you, Fergus. No, no, I, I, you know, I, I'll probably go on the lime and soda, maybe, you know. Yeah, me too. Ice yeah. in it? Uh, yeah, and maybe four vodkas or something like that. <laughs> 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 so, um, boys, uh, we're looking at the West Ham game at 12.30. Really shitty time. I did touch it in the last uh, podcast. Really shitty time to have a, a game of football, especially when you've got to go to... I don't even like going to my local pub uh, to watch football at 12.30. And I and I, I take my hat off to the guys in Australia and America and right around the world who watch it at these odd times. Um, I got down Westfield Shops, Shopping Centre and I was lurking outside this place that serves really nice breakfasts but also serves beer to meet up with Mark. And we had a couple of pints at 10 o'clock in the morning. I, it just didn't feel right being in a shopping centre drinking beer, first of all. Um, and also uh, being the first people drinking beer. But hey, that's not unusual for me. Um, the game, look at some of the match facts. This is ahead of the game. Uh, obviously, some of these stats will have changed. West Ham have won just one of their last 21 Premier League matches against Arsenal. They've drawn four and lost 16. The sole victory came in August 2015. Um, Arsenal are unbeaten in 11 away games at West Ham in all competitions since November 2006. So 13 years since um, West Ham beat us at their place. Um, We've won eight and drawn three. West Ham have won uh, five of the past eight league games. Um, They've also failed to keep a a clean sheet in the last eight home Premier League games. The longest streak, uh, which was 12 back in 2009. Arsenal, who are without a win in the last four away matches in the Premier League, they've drawn two and lost two, uh, have conceded nine goals in the last three. 
defensive issues which we've talked about. But Arsenal have only lost one of the last six derbies, London derbies, uh, this season, going down 3-2 to Chelsea at the beginning of the season. So we've won four uh, uh, and lost one. Lineups, boys. No Ozil again. Manny? Um, oh, boy. What, what do I even say about this one? Um, We're just on, on lineups. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I, he trained all week. We saw him training. Um, why he wasn't on the bench. According to Emery, it was it was tactical reasons, or he wanted to bring players that he thought deserved to be in the in the in the eighteen. So whatever he saw in training put him off. But he wasn't in the squad, and people were having meltdowns, you know. And some people saying, "Oh, he just come back from injury." Well, so did Bellerin, you know. So did Monreal. So did Kashoni. So did Mustafi as well. So whatever's going on there, um, we, oh. we we will we will cover cover what's going on. Well, we'll try and discuss at least what's going on there because it's it's a fuck shop, isn't it? So it is. I mean, the one thing that, that I didn't like about the lineup, um, I can understand Torreira being out of out of the team at the minute, you know, because I think he's doing what he did with him at the start of the season, you know, just just bending him back in because he's played a lot of games and his form has dipped. That I totally understand. What I don't understand is if you're going to play Guendouzi and Jaco in midfield you have got to have a creative midfielder in there as well. So I didn't understand why Ramsey didn't start the game. That That's the one criticism I have. I the Torreira thing, I totally understand. Okay. You see, the thing up. is, the thing is, right, if if you, if you don't play Torreira, you sort of lose two players in a way because I think that Torreira makes Yaka play better, yeah? So if Because if, Yaka can rely on Torreira a bit to, to do that hard graft. You, you take Torreira out, Jacker reverts to his old ways. Jacker anyway. has always had these these old ways. Like they've always been there. There's this misconception that all of a sudden Torreira has made Jacker into this into this better player. No, the mistakes are still there. He still puts us under unnecessary pressure. He's still lackadaisical with his passing. He's still just his awareness is shocking. That's Torreira can't do that for him. Right, that's something that he has to sort out himself. He's been here three years now, and he's still making the same errors. But we're going to get to him. I'm pretty sure we will. I think it so, may happen. Yeah. So yeah, I think somehow I have a feeling we'll do. Let, let, let's summarize the game, and then we'll go into a bit more detail. So as it happens, now listen, drum roll, please. I'm going to try and read this. I will stutter and stumble as I normally do, but I'm going to try and get at least all the words right. Okay, you have okay. to remember. You have to remember, I'm Irish and dyslexic, but I'm KO now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, Andrew, oh, I start on the first one. Fuck me. <laughs> Andrea Lacazette was denied an excellent uh, by an excellent save by Fabianski, uh, and Arsenal failed to score in the league for the first time since the open day of the season. West Ham were uh, full value for their win. Um, and out of it, Rice, Nazari, Anderson all came close, uh, but the game was goal- goalless at half-time. Arsenal now without a win in five games uh, away from the Emirates and are playing catch-up f- uh, for the Champions League. But we are being helped out by uh, the window lickers uh, getting injured. Um only the leaders, Liverpool and Manchester City, have found the net more times than the Gunners. But against West Ham, we failed to score in the league for only the second time this season and have not 
kept a clean sheet since uh, December the 8th. Uh, Guendouzi came close with an excellent shot from outside the area. Lauren Koscielny um, scored in injury time, but it was ruled correctly offside. There was three of them offside. In summary, um, the hopefully future Irish um, uh, player, Declan Rice, had a fantastic game and scored his first Premier League goal at the age of 19. Can anybody argue with anything I said on there? It was a great assist by Xhaka for that goal. Mm, mm, that was mm. that was uh, to, to to piggyback off of what you you were saying earlier. I, sometimes maybe that's how good Torreira is this year because it makes it makes Xhaka, who might be the dumbest uh, in terms of football IQ player we've ever had well oh, that's preach. that's that's a long list <laughs> but um oh, preach but that's just that he just i don't understand and and why you would he put it perfect right in his path declan couldn't do anything but score there you know what's what's, I, I didn't see the game live uh, they did the goal live because we were down in the bar area funny that um, but they've got no screens in there or nothing and the service was so slow and they serve extremely strong beer. They serve Amstel, which is like 5% rather than the piss we serve at about 3%. Um, so we just heard a roar, literally, on... Was it the first move of the half? I'd say the second. Second or third. Yeah, it, so. yeah, it didn't come right off of the corner, but because they had been announcing on the, the TV that, uh, that, we, that we're the only team that hasn't given up a goal off of a corner this year. And we still hadn't because it didn't come right off of the corner, but it was it was a build up after that corner was that that they had it was mm. bad. It was it so was it was pathetic. It was really what what the, the frustrating thing is this, is that he had a lot more time than he realized when Anderson was going to the byline because I watched the goal again. Jacques looks twice. He looks to his left, and then he looks to his right, right very quickly. When the ball comes in, right, he has two choices. He could either chest it and get rid of it, or he can head it right in front of him where Guendouzi is standing. When a goalkeeper makes a save, they always tell him to push it out. Don't push it back into the danger zone. Xhaka heads it right back into the danger zone, right? And then we can see the goal. This is, this is what I mean about this guy. He does things like this. Statistically, and, he has yeah. got the highest number of um, goals relating directly from faults. And he's up to seven goals where he's fucked up, basically. And he a goal has directly come from his fuck up. It was beautifully placed. He put it, it really right was. where he, he was. I, I don't know if anybody on West Ham could have put a better ball at Declan Rice's foot. Nope. The, the, the crazy thing is this, right? Guendouzi's took a lot of stick in that game but Xhaka hung Guendouzi out to dry so many times whenever Guendouzi would get the ball Rice and Noble were right on him every single time Xhaka was backing away from 50-50s Xhaka was not even talking to the 19 year old not telling him where to be not dragging him into places he was just letting him run all over the place he is a poor awful player I keep having arguments with this with Steve and with, with Boston Ozil as well he is an awful footballer. And until we get better than him in that position, we're not going anywhere. He's right, awful. Listen, I can't defend Zaka, right? I can't defend Zaka, Manny. I agree with what you've said. Absolutely, I agree. 
but I won't, I won't, I won't swerve away from the fact that he. Let's put it this way: he's, he doesn't look quite so bad when he's playing alongside Torreira. Um, and and that 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 header on on Saturday was it was like a Sunday morning header, wasn't it? Here you go, bang that in the back of the neck, in in the back of the neck. Excuse me, but I tell you what, that boy Rice, I, I wish we'd bought him. I wish we could get hold of him. How good was he? He dominated that midfield. Yeah, he the did, thing yeah. is, you, you you mentioned that he plays better with with Torreira against Wolves. He made a similar error, and Torreira was right next to him. It doesn't matter who plays next to this guy. He's always going to have moments where he's going to put us under pressure. It happened against Fulham as well. It always seems to happen. He's just not good enough. It's that simple. He's an awful footballer. And that's why we probably have somebody like Torreira who's so tired because he's always having to cover. And he looks that he has been a revelation for us in the fact that because of his skill set anyway... But because of what you guys have both been saying is that he makes Xhaka not look as bad. I won't say make him look good. He makes him look not as bad. So if Xhaka is that bad, um, and this is devil's advocate, if he's that bad, why does Unai Emery and Arsene Wenger pick him for every single game he's available for? Fergus, you took the, you took the thoughts right out of my head, mate. He's not been dropped once, has he? He plays every single game he's available. He's first name on the team sheet. First he, name on the team sheet. I can't work out why. I, I, I mean, you know what I'm like with Arsenal players. I don't like running any players down. That's not the way I work. But, you know, yeah, I can't work out why either, mate. Manny, who, else can play that, who else can play that position in, in the team right now? If anything, Ramsey should have been the guy to, to challenge Xhaka for that position but Ramsey positionally unaware he doesn't track his runners either the only reason I can understand why Xhaka is in this team is because of his passing because that's the only thing he offers he doesn't have defensive awareness he can't tackle he's slow he can't be a press Torreira is already twice the player he is because he can do all those things and his passing is so incisive when he came on all of a sudden we had about we had a bit of zip about our play Xhaka is... I'm, I'm, I'm done. But Manny, I, I have to agree with you that the, the only thing I can see is his passing, but it's it's so few and far between than it used to be where he would hit that long... He'd, he'd be good for hitting a two, three, four long balls down. And when we want to go direct, that's fine. But he, you're right. We don't have the same urgency when he's in there. I don't know. Does he have pictures of somebody? It's got to be a Kroenke he's got pictures of because... It can't be. It's it's definitely not because Wenger's gone and and Emery's gone is is here now. But he's still playing. I don't understand. I'm, That's I a position have... I would like to see Maitland Niles in. Oh, Ooh. now Maitland Niles, Maitland Niles, Maitland Niles. I thought he had an absolute fucking stinker. Oh, he did. <laughs> he did. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 listen. He, 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 I can see in, in, in the ground, as you know, Trev and, and Manny, you get occasionally, but like, that you can see in the ground a lot, a, lot, a lot more than you can see on TV. You get a different view on TV. You can see more technical, technical stuff. But um, he just didn't look like he wanted... If, when he lost the ball, he didn't follow up. He didn't press. And, and, and Unai Emery had been all about... In the early part of the season, it was all about the press, the press, the press, the press. There was no press. There was no nothing. Um, and especially from um, Maitland-Niles, Guendouzi, I'll tackle in a second. 
Who wants to come back and my Maitland Niles? He was awful. He was terrible. It wasn't just the, the pressing, his passing was awful. Defensively, he was getting bullied off the ball. He was he was terrible. I don't think he is the answer in the midfield. If anything, we need a player in the mold of, dare I say it, Amusa Dembele, um, who's going to China, a Yaya Toria, his pump, somebody who is big and who's a powerful runner and who can carry that ball. I don't think Maitland Niles is that player yet. I think he may need a loan. I think he needs to switch on because he does seem disinterested. He seems way too laid back. His urgency is not what it needs to be to play on the wing or to play in midfield. I think we'll just get another Xhaka, but a bit more mobility. Is he reading his press clippings? Is that what... Because he does seem disinterested. He seemed to be off... And because he had a good run of games there when he came back from injury, and he looked like a a, a man amongst boys at times f- from from a f- purely physical aspect, he is a, a better athlete than most of the players that are out but there. Ed, Ed, Eddie, Eddie does just, the same sort of thing, doesn't he? He, he talked. Uh, sorry, I, I think I've spoke over somebody there. Um, Eddie type of believed his press is Maitland Nile believe in his press uh, Willock seems to be a bit more grounded and we talked about his dad and his family and his, his, his other two brothers uh, maybe there's not enough support around um, Maitland Niles and Eddie and so on to, to cope with like I I, I watched um, I, I put it up on, on Arsenal fans forum on the group that we, we're all on um, that I started watching Sunderland Till I Die last night. And I've, uh, I've, it's eight episodes in the series, and I've cracked out four or five of them already. Maitland Niles, actually, was on their top of their um, loan sort of target list because they had no money, uh, their target list. So they, they did recognise him as a talent. But it just they show some young kids and the attitude to young kids. And I think some of these young guys that come through and they hear, get the... The exposure they get at like um, Eddie scoring the two for, against Norwich and Maitland Niles getting a few good games, and it blows their head up. There, are, there are only kids. See, I, I, I can't believe that a player of Maitland Niles' age is actually disinterested. Right, he's just breaking into the team. He should be all over the place. Um, I, Trevor, you know just what? You too cocky. Oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you lot are going to absolutely disagree with me here, I would think. But I, I honestly don't think that we were that far off of being a good side at the weekend. And I'm going to go to it now. I'm going to go to it. You pull me up, Fergus, if you want to talk about it later, mate. But we were an on-form Urzil. Take note, on-form Urzil yep. away from winning that game on Saturday. We just lack that 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 final ball into Laka and Alba, you know. Well, Laka, 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 and Aubameyang got no service whatsoever. Our best player on the pitch was Awobi. Um We missed any creativity uh, within uh, uh, like t- to open them up. West Ham were well organised. Uh, they took us on very very well. Um, I don't think they were fantastic. They were good by their standards, but we made them look a bit better. Uh, but 100% agree. It was a game for Awobi, or as Manny said earlier on, uh, Ramsey should have started. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I agree that Awobi was probably one of the better players that we had on the pitch. I'm just wondering, when are we going to get the Nigerian Awobi? Because... 
he he truly plays so much better and has and it's not so much overall game it's just the finishing it's just making the the, the last pass making that that Tom, putting I think it in when the he net. plays when he plays for Nigeria I think he just plays with passion and he's mm-hmm. the main man uh, when he plays with uh, for Arsenal he knows there's 250,000 people sitting on the keyboards ready to go Awobi you're a complete Stefan uh, you're shit <laughs> you're this you're that you're the other and I think uh, he thinks and when he th- we, we said it last week and I think we said it the week before uh, when he thinks yeah, he fucks up yeah and he and that's the thing he, he is always in the right spot he's always doing positive things it's just that you're right when he stops to think for that split second it takes him out of the game and then we don't get we get the Arsenal will be not the Nigerian I, I, I live in Tottenham and West Ham land and I had so many West Ham fans come along going that won't be. He was good. He was your best player on the pitch. So, so many. You see, the, the point Yeah, I think you guys talked there. about it last week about running at people, and he's one of the few that do, does run at people. Tom, you're right. You, 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 are, you are 100% bang on with that comment. Iwobi, he, he, he runs with a ball brilliantly, runs at people. Where he lets himself down is that it's, and, and you, you hit the nail on the edge. You said this just now, Tom. That final pass, if he's got a defender in front of him, nine times out of ten, Iwobi will hit the ball into the defender, bounce it off him, you know, and it will go elsewhere. And he's done all the hard work. He's just got to find that final ball. Yeah. Right, we've got a couple of questions on the game. One from Russ Morgan uh, from TT Gooners. He's asked this question before. Um, Why is our world-class striker being played on the left wing to uh, absolutely no effect? I wouldn't say it would be no effect. I, I'd say mm. he's scored as as many goals. I'm not sure what the exact breakdown is, but he's he's scored a lot by playing out on the left. I think we have a conundrum when it comes to if we're not going to play two up top, we have and we want to get uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette on the pitch at the same time. We we he has to play out left. I can't see putting uh, Lacazette out left. He's not as effective, and uh, that's I think he's been effective this year. It's just this game they didn't have that like Trev was saying there wasn't that pass there wasn't that we were we were going back more than we were going forward from the center, in the midfield and that was a problem we weren't able to get into that final third and, and be clinical about it boys anything to add I think he's still he's still getting you know chances and he's still missing very good chances so even West though Danny he's the didn't he Exactly. So even if he is playing out on the left or on the right, he's still getting good chances to score, and he's burned and he's burning them. So it's not like he's not getting the opportunities, you know. But he's still top goal scorer in the Premier League. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So he's not that ineffective, you know. Mm. He asked another question. He said, "Also, given how long Emery has been at the club, why is the defence, um, in effect, gotten worse than it did last season?" I think I can probably answer that one but i'll let who wants who wants to answer it in my in in, in, i'll I'll give my tuppence afterwards i think we have defenders that just do not know how to defend and i think we need to 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 take note of this even though i I can't stand this guy but it's it's since kashoni has come back we have looked so much worse in defense we've looked disjointed we've looked all over the place he has really caused so much carnage back there. He's 
we, I can't say that it's not, you know, it, he hasn't played a part in that because he has. And I think we have defenders who simply do not know how to defend, you know. I hate to have to agree with you there because Koscielny has been a shell of a man compared to where he's been in the past. I think, and if you really want to go superficial, look at his haircut. He's got to go back to the faux hawk. That right there has, he has not been the same defender since then. That's it, Tom. We've nailed it then, mate. If he grows his hair, we'll be superstar defenders. No, th- th- so we'll call him Sam- Samson Koscielny <laughs> now. Is that what you're saying, Trev? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, don't don't forget, I'm, I'm going to defend Koscielny a little bit. Don't forget, he's been rushed back from an extremely serious injury and he's not the youngest man. And I can tell you better than anybody, the older you get, the harder it is to get over these injuries. But I honestly think with our defence, I think we have got... A, all our defence are hard workers and they're triers and they're grafters. But if we're really honest, they're just not quite good enough for where we need them to be. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. Uh, I, I think the issue is injuries. Uh, Rob Holding, uh, losing Rob Holding uh, has been unbelievable. If you have a Holding, Socrates pairing, uh, losing Bellerin for a while, uh, losing Monreal, although we need replacements. We have a good back three, four, five. Um, uh, Kolasniak, uh, on the final uh, bit of this game, Kolasniak, I thought, was fantastic. And I think, statistically, he's been involved with more creative chances than any other defender in the Premier League. You know, and the guy is immense. He's a fucking tank. He was Should have scored. Should have scored, Fergus. Should have yeah. shot instead of crossed. Yes. Oh. Definitely. Uh, but his strip, his whole strip was, uh, and I fucking hate that strip. You know that that green strip. I, I I can count on probably two fingers how many times we've won in that away strip. Just fucking lose it. Just lose it. Listen, finishing up on the West Ham game. Um, stats wise, uh, possession wise, it was nearly sixty percent to the Arsenal. It was forty one fifty nine. We had equal shots eleven versus eleven. We only had two shots on target versus their eight. Um, we only had three corners. Well, two ish if you look at the one that Torreira put out uh, before he kicked it. So we had with three corners versus their seven. Uh, uh, it was a clean game. The referee let it go. So it was seven versus ten. Um, Prediction league-wise, Max got a point because he predicted that Arsenal would lose uh, begrudgingly. He predicted that um, Arsenal would lose uh, 2-1, but it ended up being the 1-0. I predicted the 1-0, but the wrong way around. Um, And I think I did say, actually, at the time, that I didn't know which way it would go, but I I went for the Arsenal way. I I said it would be a tight game. I said the atmosphere would be flat. Fuck me how flat was it. It was awful. Absolutely awful. Um, Manny, you went for 2-1 and Scunny went for 3-1, I believe. I've written 2-1 down here, but I think he went for 3-1. So, points-wise, 26, Fergus, Manny, 27, Mike, 24. And the guests catch up a little bit on 23. Um, Just finally finishing up on on the West Ham. Their stadium isn't that bad, you know. They fucking moan. But it's all right. Uh, Yeah. Tom, I imagine if you went there, you'd think it was fine in comparison to some of the like the American venues because they're normally out of town and stuff. And this is out in a big park area. You walk through like the shopping mall, um, but as you walk across the bridge past the um, the wing or stingray shaped uh, 
swimming pool that was from the Olympics. You come across a bridge and you come onto a plinth. And um, I've done a bit of Facebook Live to, to some people. And they've got bars, hog roasts. You can get a beer. They had a, a DJ playing some music. And, and it, you know what? On a nice warm summer's day, even on a winter's night with, like, you know, some warm food, it, it, it was good. It was a good vibe. It, it went right, It went really well. Um Gwendozy couldn't stay on his feet. That was one of the points I was going to say uh, earlier. He, uh, my brother-in-law was with me, and um, he just kept on calling out, oh, he's going to go over in a second, go over in a second. Yep, and he did every time. And West Ham had over 59,000 at that ground, which was the highest attendance uh, for a football team um, at, uh, at the London Stadium. So uh, we got Chelsea. Chelsea five thirty. We'll beat Chelsea. Back on the line. We'll beat Chelsea. I don't think we will. I don't think we will. I think it's a draw. How much, my son? How much you betting? I'm not a better man. I don't gamble. No, I don't either, really, if I'm honest. I don't. I don't. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, I bet a pint would have made a mine in the pub, uh, uh, the West Ham thing, and he took a picture. Uh, I took a picture of him, and he loved that. He said, I've waited 13 fucking years for this. Oh, this is the nicest pint I've ever had. That's all I ever do, friendly pint. But yeah. So you reckon we'll beat them then, Trev, yeah? I do. I, I, I don't know why I do. I think it's going to be a reversal of the game at their place. A few goals in it, and I will nick it by one. Confident. Yeah, I gotta agree. I, I from the from this the game we played there. Uh, I thought we probably should have done better there. Obviously, and we, we should have got a draw, Tom. Yeah, and, at least and so, we should. Yeah, yeah, and we were obviously playing beginning of our season. We we kind of got a, got it to stride a little bit further on, but and now we're coming back down off of of, of having a pretty good run. But I still think that we're probably going to beat them. They're having their own problems, and the only thing that will keep us from beating them is if. If we make the false nine look like a good idea, and and having uh, Eden Hazard uh, run all over us now, luckily Coughlin's not out there to fall on his ass covering uh, Eden Hazard, so I think we'll be okay. Um, I think we'll win. I think it's probably going to be like a four to three, though. I don't see it being a clean sheet. I, I see a lot of goals. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be goals in it. You're, I, I agree with you, Tom. Absolutely. I, I think it'll be 3 2. I'm, I'm going for a draw. Two. I'm seeing like a 2 2, something like that. I don't see us winning it. That's just real. It's, um, ugh. I don't know what it is. It's just defensively, we, we're all over the place. I think that there's a lack of, you know, confidence in the side at the minute. Um, and. If I'm looking at how we're going to play, we need to match up Chelsea in midfield. We need to have at least a player on one of theirs at all times, their midfield. Otherwise, they're going to overrun us, which means we cannot afford to have passengers in the team, which means no. the bug-eyed number 10 is going to have to sit his backside down again. But is that going to help us with, with the like we had against West Ham? We had so many issues getting that ball from the back to the front and... Are we going to start Ramsey? At some point, Ramsey is going to... We can't keep playing him if he's going to be shipping out. Uh, I just can't see it being a productive use of him. We're still paying his wages. Yeah. So he, he's got to play, you know. And I just want to touch on, on, on Ozil quickly because I took a lot of stick 
over the weekend over this guy. And it seems that he has his best game when he's not playing. It <laughs> seems that when he's not playing, people are like, oh, look, we missed him. But yeah. they seem to forget that when he's, when he's on the pitch and some of the effects that he has when he's on the pitch. In his last two North London derbies, he was substituted because he had no effect on the game at all. Against Wolves, when we needed somebody to break them down, he was on the pitch, he had no effect. Against Brighton, same thing. But they always seem to correlate us losing the game or us struggling with Ozil not being in the side. In fact, it's funny that we, we, we did miss some creativity and we should have had Ramsey if we didn't have Ozil. Yeah. I agree you, with that. Manny, with that. Manny, you're spot on, mate. You are, you're, you're really spot on. You see, the, 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 the thing with me, with Ozil, is right, this season and, and the back end of last season, from my recollection... Ozil hasn't been good enough. He hasn't been contributing as as we would expect him to. But that's what really frustrates me. We all know that Ozil is capable of so much better, right? We've seen him play better. We've seen what a class act he is. So why is he out on that field looking like he's disinterested? I just can't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't the, either. The, 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 the other question to ask is, obviously... Um, Unai Emery, uh, we'll cover the ladies thing and uh, we'll merge the Chelsea game in the Guna debate. We're now on the Guna debate sort of thing. Um, The the other thing to consider is Unai Emery is not taking no shit whatsoever from Ozil. If Ozil doesn't want to man up and play a game and do and play the game according to where Unai Emery wants to play, he ain't playing. Um, He's got a back injury, lack of spine, whatever, whatever it is. Um, you know the the relationship from what I can see from the outside with no knowledge whatsoever has totally broken down but has that relationship broken down that much Um, who's in control will that come back on Emery like you know at at, at, um, PSG he had the issue with um, Neymar and he's not going to have that again hence why his stance he's having with Ozil Uh, but who will the club back? Will they cl- will they back? They, 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 they don't look like they're going to get rid of him. Will this backfire on Emery? Will, will they come along? It, I, I just worry at the minute, over the last couple of weeks, with no funding, um, and we've read some bits and pieces about percentages of uh, income and so on, and due to turnover and sponsorship, um, uh, with no income coming in, uh, to offset wages that's why we can't bring in players uh emery has got the ump and he wants to get rid of ozil on that the back of that but ozil wants to stay uh nobody will buy him uh, does he stay till the summer we'll have more money so uh, it's just a, a sack of shit gazidas oh my god I, I hate that dude so much I, I could, that's the, the one word i can that keeps coming into my head is is we're in this position because we made some serious, boneheaded, stupid-ass decisions over the last five years, but recently, and, and I'm not an Ozil basher. I like Ozil, and I still think that we're better when he's on the pitch. Um, and and I think that we we just he's not right for this team. But when you when you're paying him that much money, uh, the wages that he's on, if there's any way, we're gonna lose no matter what. We cannot get anything back out of him. Uh, the only thing we can get is get his wages off the. The, off the, the sheet here's, here's my problem with what well, I've got a lot of issues with Ozil right because like Trev said 
we know what he can do. We've seen it, but he just doesn't do it enough. My issue is since February, he has only scored five goals and assisted seven for a player that we're paying that much. He's not much. played many games though, Manny. I don't care. I do not well, he care. He can't if assist if he's I not playing. Dude, dude, when he has played, he, he has been assist. ineffective, right? He has played 14 times this season and he's only scored three goals and assisted one. Fit. Are you telling me that in those amount of appearances, that's all you're going to contribute? That's enough for some people. You're saying that who is going to win this battle? It has to be Emery. It has to be, right? Well, it has to be Why Emery. is if it? Emery, hold on, hold on, if, hold on, if, hold on if, if Emery doesn't win this, he's fucked. He, he might as well leave now. It has to. But why is it that there are fans out there who are questioning Emery for his for his treatment of Ozil when hold on when Alex Ferguson right had beef with Beckham and had and was selling Cristiano Ronaldo? Did anybody question him? When Pep was was trying to ship out Yaya Torre last season or the season before because he just didn't want him in the side, did anybody question him? But now we're questioning, but some people out there are questioning Emery for wanting more of Ozil, for wanting him to do a bit more. And if he's not doing it, and Emery is not happy with that, so it's up to Ozil to step up and show to Emery that, you know what, I'm up for this and I'm going to do what you ask of me, but he's not. So he shouldn't be in the side because of, because he's Mesut Ozil. He should show a lot more, and he hasn't. And if we can get rid of him in the summer, it would be awesome. I am sick of having I, to I, talk I, about per, this dude. Per, personally, if he does not play at the weekend against Chelsea, he's gone. He needs to go now. If he's not in the plans to play Chelsea and Manchester United, um, forget a Cardiff. We should hopefully beat Cardiff. Um, but that's aside. Looking at the short term, if he's not good enough to play against Chelsea, he's not good, good enough to play against Man United in two crucial games because, as you said last week, Manny, we needed three points at West Ham we needed at least a point if not three points against Chelsea to keep in contention to get in the top four uh, and if he's not good enough for that fuck him off he Even has to step up he, he's just he simply yeah, has not, got no, to step no, up no, no keeping him until the summer fuck him off now yeah, yeah but get who rid. is going yeah. to who is going to pay those wages we really have fucked ourselves with this mm. right? the, the, it the is up to it's up to him right if he's going to stay until the summer then it is up to him to show Emery that he deserves to be in the side I saw somebody say that why doesn't Emery give Ozil the same freedom that Solskjaer is given to Pogba Ozil has had a lot of freedom since he's come to Arsenal and he still hasn't performed so why should we so why should exactly so why should managers be making compromises with this guy but when he's on the pitch he doesn't show it enough Leicester was his only good performance of the season how long ago was that yeah you're right I mean mean, yeah Ozil was guaranteed his place under Wenger wasn't he it didn't matter how bad he played and I can't remember him getting subbed off once under Wenger not once and, and, and you're right, boys. He has got to pull his socks up. He's not been good enough. I just can't get this point out of my head that Fergus made just now about. It's really interesting to me this about the Emery, um, Emery, and the, the Neymar thing that happened before. And Emery's here now, thinking, "Listen, mate, I've had a player push me out of a club once. That's not happening with you, Özil. You know, you're out of here." And it wouldn't surprise me if he don't go in the next week or two, you know. As you say, it's his wages is the only thing, you know. Trev, we'll probably end up putting them on loan and paying half of them. You've managed people. And 
when you're younger, like you know, we're we're there's three of us on here. One is a a strapping young lad. <laughs> the three of us here have all managed people, and 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 Tommy, I I know that you manage like uh, people, um, and the first time you make a mistake, you never make that mistake of managing people again, do you? Absolutely no. not. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, and um, the thing is with, with, with Ozil is that we've got a – it's a perfect storm because we talked about it earlier. We, we talked to how well Iwobi's played up to a certain point. If we were to have um, Iwobi take in, come in and because we know Ramsey can't do it on, on regular because he's out the door, but you get Iwobi playing like he does for Nigeria, you get him – maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs Ozil gone. And get him to f- to free him up, and maybe that's he knows that he has to do I th- it. I think Embry's trying to do that though with him. I, th- I hope. He's he's played him in a number ten. He's played him out wide. Uh, you know, he's played him in the midfield. He, he, he's he's done that, and unfortunately, as much as I want a Wolby to do it, he hasn't always lived up to to that either. I don't know whether the thinking thing we talked about, or whether uh, midfielders double up on him and you know defenders double up on him or his role model is Ozil and that's uh, (laughs) unfortunately and and like I said I'm not an Ozil basher but however if that's your role model and then you start to have those same kind of uh, work ethic and habits start to creep into your game that's a problem oh you make a good point about being a role model because I'm pretty sure when those young players or when players in general come to, to Arsenal in recent times and they see Meza Ozil's here but they're like you know what there's a role model there's somebody who I want to model my game around but they see how he goes about his business they see him being labelled a teacher's pet for asking for extra days off from the previous manager they see how many times he goes missing in games they see how he how he just his style on the pitch how it doesn't correlate with the Premier League so how can you as a young player look at that and look up to that is he meant to be one of the leaders is he meant to be one of the captains what sort of leadership does this dude show nothing yeah and unfortunately what what i see with ozil too is that not only is he uh, uh, not the greatest role model not only is he does he disappear against big teams but it's starting to show that he doesn't get the same kind of respect he once did from the referees and then and maybe i'm reading too much into this but he gets knocked off the ball he gets he in 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 times he's not getting the fouls that he would normally get called or like most a lot of times superstars will get you know the, the old days I'm an old man so the Michael Jordan rules in the NBA there you don't you want to you don't want to believe that that's the truth but there there is a certain truth to the fact that the superstars do get looked at a little bit differently by the referees and in, in most cases in this game this year he has been getting knocked off and you see him more often than not looking up from the ground with a ponderous look on his face saying, why is that not being called? Mm. Mm. I've that, yeah. yeah. Listen, um, I uh, did go into the question, but it was fueled by Troy, Troy Reed, uh, who's one of our bloggers on guns and yellow ribbons.com, uh, did act- actually prompt the I thought, the same as him but he, he had said the same question so i'll give him credit on that one as well another question that came in from troy was um who should emery build this team around can you see anybody in this current squad of 25 that you can build a team around reese nelson oh that's a good shout Smith. I, I, 
I just think Ooh, that he, Smith of all Rowe. the different, yeah, Neil Smith Rowe is a very good player. He he could be the next. Well, he could be the the Ozil type player that could end up being molded by Emery and not the way Ozil was molded, and 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 that could be a big uh, a big difference. And but but Reese Nelson is to me the the real deal. I think we are yet to see what he's going to be able to do. I get a lot of shit from people here in Tampa. I know that I I've said. I got into an argument with one of uh, my uh, the group members when we started talking about um, uh, why Ramsey was leaving, and I know they're not an equal one-for-one exchange, but I think that when you have a player like Reese Nelson that can come in and play in either attacking mid, could be a central midfielder, can be a winger, that guy, if you put him in the lineup on a regular basis, he will be a superstar. Good shout. I hope Very you're right. Shout. I hope you're right. I really do hope you're right as well. Trev, you said Reese Nelson? No, I said... Oh, sorry, um, uh, um, yeah, Smith, Smith Rowe. Rowe sorry. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, he's been injured, hasn't he? I don't, is he fit again now? I'm not quite sure. He, he's he been is. injured. He's but back he, here, yeah. He just started looking the part, didn't he? You know, and just, just, just started getting a little foot in the first-team squad occasionally, you know, in the lower games, like we discussed, you know, like your Paul Tarvers and your... Uh, and, and yeah, he was starting to look good for me, and uh, I think there's a decent player in there, and he looks a tough kid as well, you know, which is what we've been lacking, isn't it? You know, he looks a tough kid. And, yeah, he's and from Croydon. Like you, <laughs> Croydon's a shit hole, man. You have to be and tough if you're going to get out there. And he's white lived in Croydon as well. Blind, <laughs> you have to be tough then. <laughs> you know, seriously, you do. Croydon's a shit hole. I know. He's a little bigger than uh, he's a little bigger than most of our other youth. Uh, you know, when Dan Crowley was there and Jack, and they're all smaller, diminutive. Uh, and I can say that because I'm five, 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 six. Well, maybe five four shrinking, but um, he he's he's a little bit bigger than he's taller than Ozil. Yeah, really? I believe he is. He's he's a strapping I lad. Him in the flesh, so I don't know. No, I'm not sure. Hmm. He's a strapping lad, though. He's got some shoulders on him. And I tell you, Wilshere showed his true colours on the telly on Saturday, didn't he? Uh, oh, what you boys were there, sitting there in that studio, bleating on. I've been a West Ham fan all my life. My family loved me for being at West Ham. I thought, Jack, Jack. Really? Out of order. Yeah. Yeah, all my family are West Ham fans. I've, I've always that, that, been a West that, Ham. That's fine. His family are all West Ham fans. But did, did he nod any appreciation to Arsenal at all? Um... I don't think he did, to be honest. He, 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 I, I he can't be sure, Fergus. No, he didn't slag us off. I can't say that. I can't say that. But, you know, he just, he, uh, from my perspective, he overmade the point of being a West Ham fan and loving it. I, I just thought, Jack, leave it. You know, you, he was we made be riddled you. with Cockney, was he? Yeah. He was what? Riddled with Cockney. You've that lost me. Yeah, Riddle you've lost me. me. You know, like, like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Listen, um, we need to do the prediction league for the Chelsea game. What are people going for? I haven't even wrote my own score down. Uh, then Tom, you go first. It would it would be only polite to ask you to. Um, uh, can you uh, predict the score on behalf of Boston Ozil? Because the USA together, you know, USA, all that sort yeah. of stuff. I, I'm saying four to three. Arsenal. So four three. Fuck. It's gonna be Shit. a shootout. I'm not even drinking at that game. Shit. <laughs> Are you not? Oh, I was gonna offer to buy your pint, Fergus. Uh, no, uh, you weren't. Of course I, I was. 
No, you weren't. Uh, well, Trevor, I'm, I'm, my plan is probably to drive down. I haven't made up yet, but so we'll uh. see. Uh, go on, Trev, on behalf of the guests. Well, I'm going for I'm going big scores as well. Not quite as big as Tom. I'm going to go three two to the Arsenal. Three two to the Arsenal. Alabama Yank scored a winner. Uh, Manny, two all. I don't see us winning this game. No, do I? I had written down two one to them. I'd written I'd done written that I've gone for one one. Mm, fair dues. Mm. But Arsenal ladies, they. Um, played Birmingham midweek in the WSL um, we booked up uh, in the sorry in the FA Cup the Conti Cup or whatever they call I don't know what it's called um, I'm crap at that sort of stuff as you all will know uh, we booked our place in the semi-finals of the FA uh, Women's Continental League Cup on Wednesday night last week uh, with a dramatic two win win over Birmingham City uh, their keeper uh, returned to the starting lineup for the first time in after a long injury and made a first half penalty save. Uh, Birmingham posed little threat in the opening exchanges, but were awarded a penalty after a late tackle from uh, Verdunk uh, on Quinn. The remainder of the first half was pretty uneventful. It ended up in nil-nil at half time. In the second half, it started slow with very little action until about the hour mark. When we failed to deal with a loose ball inside the box and Lucy Quinn scored uh, Birmingham's first goal at 61 minutes. Um, there, um, yeah, she fired home from close range. It looked like Birmingham were going to um, go through to the semi-final, but late on Arsenal made a final push and DVD Danielle van der Donk and Vivian Medina scored on 84 and 90 minutes respectively. So uh, they got two important goals. We're through to um, the semi-final of the uh, Conti Cup, the FA Cup. But we also played Chelsea. I, I, I don't know if there's a, a, a link because we played West Ham for the ladies and then we played, we're playing Chelsea. I don't know if there's a link to try and link up some of the fixtures. I know there's less teams in the WSL, but it just seems like it's coincided. Trev, why don't you... Um, Give us a rundown of the Arsenal ladies versus Chelsea. Why do you want me to do that then, Fergus? Because <laughs> you fucker. Because, <laughs> because, because I, I got so fucking tongue-tied, we got three minutes of stuff we got to edit out of here to, to go for it. Trevor, right, can I'm you help me out, please? Help I'm going me. for it. Okay. Erin Cuthbert scored twice as Chelsea as Chelsea and moved to within two points of the Women's Super League leaders. The Scotland midfielder put... this bit's missing here. The Scotland midfielder put Chelsea ahead with a towering header from Hannah Blundell's pinpoint cross. They, they then had one ruled out for offside, but Cuthbert Volley saw us concede a second goal. Arsenal gave the current champions a scare when Mirdima tapped into half Arsenal's deficit and went close twice more late on. The visitors were also fortunate not to concede a penalty when Jess Carter tugged back Miedema's shirt in the box, but the visitors held on. The defeat was only Arsenal's second of the season, but means second place Manchester City will overtake them at the top if they win at West Ham later on Sunday. Uh, I don't know what the score of that game was though, boys. They finished 3-1. Uh, 
to beat West Ham 3-1. Um, thank you for that. That really assisted me. <laughs> <laughs> Our next fixture for the Arsenal women's team is Reading versus Arsenal, 12.30 on Sunday the 27th at Ab- Adams Park. Uh, boys, um, the last thing to look at is um, how much did you laugh when Harry Kane got injured? Couldn't care less. Could not care less. Us losing to West Ham really knocked the stuff in our army this weekend, so I didn't even laugh at those swamp dwellers for messing up yesterday. I must admit, I didn't bother either. No, me neither. Uh, I was rooting it... for a, a sinkhole. I and I wouldn't even watch the game. I was I was so pissed off from the uh, the West Ham game. Yeah, I've not yeah, even looked today. Does anyone know how badly injured Kane is, if at all? It, no it's, one cares. it's very bad, apparently, and it could be long term. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I remember when Rooney used to get injured, he used to get like broken metatarsals, but he'll be back within four weeks every time. So don't worry. Like uh, they'll in say fairness, that he'll be. In fairness, Harry Kane is quite uh, determined to get back on the pitch. I, yeah, I, he'll be back in like two weeks, man. It's not it, that deep. No, no, no. I think I think it's more than that, um, Manny. They, they've lost um, uh, Son. He has to go over to do um, some. Korean duty, I think he's gone for four weeks. The Asian and Cup the, or something. Yeah, and they're they're looking at um, Harry Kane four to six weeks minimum. Well, this uh, just in though, uh, it's ten years, eleven months, fifteen days, twenty two hours, and ten minutes since Spurs last won a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you know what? You can come again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, it has been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, I do hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we've got a switch around and line up next week, which we'll uh, put up on the on the group. But, you know, carry on reading our stuff on gunsandyellowribbons.com. We are on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, we are on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Um, like us, review us, share us. We're getting more and more people on SoundCloud listening to our podcasts. Um, the numbers are, are, are growing and growing every week, and we really appreciate it. Listen, we are Arsenal fans, just normal Arsenal fans like you, um, doing this by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. We enjoy doing it for a laugh, um, and it's just us having a chat, really, uh, and connecting with other people. Uh, hope you enjoy it too. Boys, thanks very much. Up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.